Hello there, and welcome to Fixing the Sequel Trilogy, the writer's room podcast dedicated to fixing the Star Wars sequels. I'm Bryce Quinn, and I'm joined this week by Cole Forfang Fan and Carmelo Keating. How are you guys doing? Very good. Thank you, Bryce. How are you? I'm good. Cole, how are you, man? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Great. So, Sandro is once again out this week. Uh, he is still in Canada for the whole month. And Carmelo and I are both in the thick of moving house, so progress has been pretty slow recently oh, yeah. on our rewrite progress. But that's okay, because we can still record the show and make things up and deal with the consequences later. Um, so, this week is a bit of a deviation, as we've decided to talk about the politics of the Star Wars galaxy. We'll stick mostly to our usual structure, what Disney did wrong with politics in the sequels, what we liked, if anything, and then, uh, towards the end of the show, what we intend to change in our rewrite. But before we begin, we feel it's a good idea to discuss our own personal politics and ideologies as they will inevitably in some way reflected in our rewrite of the Star Wars sequels. So the preamble is done. Let's get into it. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is kind of just a disclaimer. So you get a bit of more of a gist for us and, you know, yeah. I guess where, where we're coming from. Also, just quickly, Cole, first episode together yeah. yes oh, yeah. oh is it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry yeah, yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> no, so that's last fun. time it was sandra yeah. you're not sandra no so. oh okay cool not. yeah but yes bryce i will kick it off so we're cole you're going into film school uh this year yeah yeah studied music for two years and now switching uh and me and Mello uh last year graduated oh you're going to be graduating soon yep. from film school i've graduated from film school so we're all arts students so that leads us into an interesting political place because we're you know we're in australia or brisbane australia so we definitely i personally align uh very left skewed you know i'm uh, a queer ally i'm a queer person myself um you know believe in social justice we believe in taxing the rich all the kind of uh left-wing good good stuff you know i hate right-wing politics i hate uh, Fox News, all that kind of, all the stuff you hear from the states, and that's a pretty basic way of looking at it, I guess. Uh, if anyone in the comments uh, who's listening to this, you know, whenever that may be, is interested in discussing that, I am, I, I love talking about politics, and I'm mellow, you do as well. Absolutely, so yeah. we're more than happy to engage in that conversation in a healthy, constructive way. Yeah, yeah. So I also lean quite left politically. I don't know. I don't really know how much to go into about it. <laughs> yeah, just, I feel like you, I you and I have talked a yeah. lot about this yeah, kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I know that you and I are mm. on a very similar wavelength. So yeah. most of my stuff that I said applies to you as well. Yeah. Um, unless there's anything else you want i just like, like talking about the economic side of things as well mm. yeah see i'm less about the economics yeah. i hand wave that i'm like yep tax the rich i don't <laughs> i don't want to think about it economics yeah. bores me to tears oh. but uh like mm. politics politics and like psychology and the psychology of like large groups of people that's what i find a lot yeah. more interesting uh i'm a filthy liberal so, <laughs> yeah no i would say i'm like fairly center left i used to be like more center like libertarian center but yeah. um like over the last few years i've gone more and more left and I mean, like, one of the big things I, like, propose all the time is UBI and, like, universal basic income. Oh, we love universal basic income. Always, always. But, yeah, I mean, I'm big on the economics of it all. I think that's really important. And yeah. uh, I think social social issues are really important as well. And yeah. I'm all about freedom, America, all that. You know, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, getting rid of homelessness, poverty, that's the things yeah. that I care about. You know, advocating for climate change. This is where we align politically. If you disagree with that as a listener, if you think that some of our beliefs are silly or misguided or stupid, I'm, you know, interested to hear from you again in a polite, respectful way. If, you know, if possible, if we can't have that polite, respectful discourse, that's something we advocate for just in general with this show. We want to create something good. We want to create a good community of, of Star Wars fans who want to create something, not just tear it down and critique it all the time. We obviously find many flaws with the sequels. We talk about them a lot, but we want to create something as well. So enough of our political soapbox, I think. I think that covers it pretty well. And I think people get, get, a, the gist they get a very clear yeah. understanding of, of where we're at. Yeah. Uh, and we've opened up that discussion. So yeah. maybe we'll come back to that another day when we actually have an audience. But yeah. <laughs> for now, I think we, we're safe to jump into the show uh, and begin talking about the politics of Star Wars. Right. So to begin, let's start with uh, our Article Zero, our overview, as we usually do. So original trilogy, politics. George Lucas has been very open about his inspiration. The, the stormtroopers, the Empire, is an analog for the American, you know, mm. presence in Vietnam. That's he's stated that publicly. Yeah. Let's dive into that a little bit more with the overview. Melo, I'm pretty sure you actually know a lot more about that than I do. So I got a hell of an overview. So like this is like I got a whole page on. Oh, we uh, can cover it briefly like that, or if you yeah. feel like it was. No, it's like yeah. So um yeah no George Lucas like the the Empire it's often drawn akin to being like the Nazis to being like yes. Nazi Germany mm. just because that's visually where the inspiration came from for yeah. the uniforms and stuff like that. But yeah, no, it just came from a hatred of all empires, and he yeah. was yeah calling yeah. out America, especially in, fascism. You know, yeah, and it came it came about in the Star Wars happened in the seventies. Yeah, with the war. Yeah, yeah, after Vietnam War, and then in the wake of of Reagan, and there's actually been inspiration for Palpatine taken from. Um, sorry, am I yeah, Ronald Reagan? Reagan was post Cold War. It's Nixon. Is Cold Nixon? Yeah. Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, President. I am not a crook. Yeah, yeah, yeah President guy. Nixon. Yep. You know, he's talking about it being just simply this 
empire versus this smaller band of, yes. of rebels. Whereas we, he doesn't look at Vietnam as as the proxy war okay. that it actually was. The, the, the yeah. Vietnam War and, and you know conflicts in the Middle East. So proxies yeah. as in like you know countries in the middle getting caught up in conflicts and getting yeah. used as a proxy for yeah. the the actual conflict, which is a lot larger. Yeah, 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 yeah. And all that that shit through the Cold War. There were many conflicts like that through the okay. Cold War, where you know rather than having it actually explode into real war with nukes, yeah, just, it's like what's it's doing here? Yeah. Well, it's within other countries. Dolly, you got anything to add on to that? No, not really. I think that's all a really good rundown of it. Yeah, Melo, you love your um, your political history and your modern history and that kind of thing. I'm much less. We, we could take up so much. <laughs> we could, we could delve into it more. But, but, but I think that's a good overview yeah. of, of I think George Lucas's philosophy and mentality. You know, writing yeah. sequels and some of his inspiration for what he saw war as and how he wrote it into the into the story. He still wrote a family adventure film. Yeah. I think that's yeah. Yeah, important yeah. to remember as well. Like we, you, you watch the Clone Wars and there is a lot of like war writing and war themes but it's still also a family adventure show so exactly, keeping that yeah. in mind i think is important as well but it has those themes and there is that discussion anyone who says star wars isn't political is very clearly an <laughs> idiot um, yeah so i think we can you know uh, put a pin in that one for now article one what didn't we like about politics in the sequel trilogy well you're saying yeah people who th- say that star wars isn't political um you know you can't take the politics out of star wars because mm. then it's not star wars so it's, it's entirely political like the, 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 the yeah. prequels are so political yeah oh, man it's so funny jj and co had this approach yeah the sequels or for force awakens at the very least and therefore it set the tone for the rest of them that if this if the prequels did something that is the last thing they wanted to do yeah yeah they very much did have that approach yeah. so the prequels did politics and they did it hard they did it perhaps too much mm-hmm. yeah and they wanted to avoid that where yeah, possible wouldn't. they would think they were trying to follow the original trilogy guidelines of not having politics to say the original trilogy doesn't have politics is silly. Very no, it was just a very subtle compared to the prequel trilogy. absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. So to me, that's the big issue is that they just... They, they're absent. Yeah, yeah they didn't <laughs> know no how to do politics. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I wrote. I just said, no politics in the sequel. <laughs> yeah. Like, how can I criticize it if there's nothing there to criticize? Right? And it's, war doesn't happen without politics. So. No. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it is pretty much that simple. Um, so, Cole, you got anything else to add on to there? We've, uh, we've covered the very big yeah, they issue. Needed, uh, they needed more trade routes. So. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're important, great. Cole. Yeah, they how are. you meant well, to get are, your spice? Are. Yeah, exactly, right? Mm-hmm. Get your spice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Mel, I know you've got some notes for uh, Article 1.5, but is yeah. there anything else we can discuss about what we didn't like with the politics? Oh, no, is, like... It's a, pretty, it's a pretty broad sweeping statement mm. to say none of it was good. So is there any yeah. specifics, maybe, that we can address? No, we can't. So, like, there is a quote uh, from Lawson Tecker in Force Awakens, yep. right? About the First Order, when he's talking to Kylo Ren, he says, the First Order rose from the darkness you did not. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I mean, he, he was born a Skywalker. No, 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 what is that? First order, oh, first from the order. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, how did they rise? What does huh? that mean? Yeah. So some shadows got together and thought, let's make an army. It seems to imply that there yeah, were like, like a loyalist sect of you know imperials or imperial yeah. descendants and that kind of thing. Yeah. But that's about as much. Yeah, it's we like get. how yeah. do they get into the positions they are at the start of the Force Awakens, right? Because the First Order isn't this small thing. They have a whole bloody planet-sized Death Star, right? Which is bigger yeah. than the Death Star. How do they have the resources for that? What's it called again? And, the big ship. Uh, Starkiller Base. Oh, sorry. I'm an oh, so you mean the Supremacy, though? Oh, the Supremacy. Yeah, the Supremacy have, also, like, yeah, that exists. They have Starkiller Base, they have the Supremacy. Where did yeah, these things yeah. come from? They're Exegol. unbelievably big. Yeah, there's a lot of unexplained developments yeah. that, that happen. Like, why um, why has the Republic moved their capital to Hosnian Prime? Where yeah. is Coruscant? What happened to that? Um, it's all just unexplained, and you're expected to just think that this is how it is now. Yeah. Um, when it really doesn't make any sense. And they just, you know, they, they show a tiny snippet of like some new republic something we're meant we're told is the new republic yes yeah. destroyed by circular base they cut a cut scene leia had like a, a spy inside the, or not a spy she had a person inside the new republic who was like representing the resistance and yeah you see her like she's the the key person you focus on when they go to start yeah, yeah. base in that shot in the force awakens yeah right and she's like you know and she's looking up to the sky yeah, and like it yeah blasted. they, they okay. deleted a scene with it oh okay. might have so they had like a dialogue scene it might have yeah it would have made it a little bit more where they're talking about yeah. it like but they don't even talk about the politics in that episode yeah no, they, they just they do not yeah, but i think that know. i think that's that we, covers it pretty well we, we wanted to fire through this because we've got a lot to talk about now yeah. in our mm, fixed pitch yeah. section so article 1.5 okay, what so do we like things we like okay so i've actually like again it's the same issue i keep coming back to having read some of the books and comics and stuff like that i like a lot of the stuff that's happening outside because that stuff is designed to fix all the plot holes and the inconsistencies yeah. in movies yeah so you know therefore it has answers 
we talk uh, a lot about bloodline on this show yeah because we you know we think it's a great book it is very well received in the community it's, mm. it's very highly uh critically acclaimed as well yeah it's a very good star wars book and it has a lot of really interesting political ideas as yeah well. so i know you want there's to some great that. stuff in there there's some great stuff in the aftermath trilogy of books which you know takes us right up to the battle of jackie there's more things in the comics like there's the comic shattered empire which is like immediately after in the in the storyline of the story mode of, of battlefront 2 yeah, I've played that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I play but, video you know, games. Yeah, um, but you know, in that they talk about the the Operation Cinder yeah. and the yeah, scorched yeah. earth policy that Palpatine instituted. Yeah, that was good. And then just you know, a whole smattering of other books. Now, now that Episode Nine came out, they were actually able to be like, right, well, there's our endpoint. We have to explain how Exegol happened. I don't know. I like a lot of the stuff. I don't like the fact that their their key excuse and their key reasoning for like you know how does the first order come about from the Empire is yeah they just hopped out into the unknown regions. And then it they were just, just allowed happened, yeah. to do that. No one chased them. And they just, see you later. We're yeah, going to go yeah. reform. I don't know if there's anything too big I like. I do like the general theme that fascism will rise again if you're complacent. I think that's a cool thing to explore in the sequels, yeah. but they don't really explore it. It's that's, there. It's, kind of, it's the subtext, it but yeah. yeah. One thing I learned about uh, this week, which I thought was really, really interesting. Uh, so you guys who know who Mass Meter is? Uh, no. That sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, okay. So uh, go back to the, the prequels. Palpatine's like right-hand man, the, oh, blue, the blue guy. guy. Yeah. With the, he's got the, the head tails uh, and the horns. Horns, yeah. Uh, oh, in, he's like, in the prequels. And he, I think his one line he says in the prequels is, Order! Yes. We shall have order. Yep. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yep. That guy, Masamita. Okay, that's He yeah. becomes the Grand Vizier that's of right. the yeah, Empire okay, yeah. after Palpatine dies. Yeah, right. So for the last year that in canon that the uh, Empire exists. Yeah. And then he and Mon Mothma, who was the head of the New Republic, signed mm. the Galactic Concordance to officially end the war yeah, right. after the Battle of Jakku. And disband the Empire. And to, yeah, disband the Empire. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Also worth noting that after the Battle of Endor, the Rebel Alliance officially reorganizes into the New, Pu- New Republic. From that point, they exist as the New Republic. Interesting. Yeah. So the, rebe- like the, the Rebellion specifically becomes... Yeah. The New you Republic. know what the official okay. name of the Rebellion is? What's that? The, it's called the Alliance to Restore the New Republic. That's right. No, I think you have. Yeah. I think you have mentioned that. We call it the rebellion, kind of like outside of the story. Yeah, because they yeah. are rebels. They call rebels. They by call the themselves Empire, rebels. But they're called like... the alliance to restore the yeah. near, the republic. So goal achieved. They did that. But here's the thing: is that Mon Mothma was all at the head of that. Not long after the signing of the Galactic Concordance, she got ill. Yeah, had to take leave, and therefore, when the new republic was formed, it just then descended into chaos. Became this two-party system that we know of as the centrists and populists. Yeah, and that's how we can, you know, watch shows in like The Mandalorian and see that new and get told that the New Republic is, is a joke. Yeah, doing fuck all because not yeah. long after it immediately was, and so for thirty years it did fuck all. Yeah, 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 and therefore the first order could happen. So there is like some gaps. There are some things that work in this grand puzzle, this yeah. galactic-sized mm. political puzzle. Yes. But let's dive into Article Two. I think let's do it. Because we have a lot to discuss. We've yeah. decided for this episode we're going to take it a little bit differently. I said I sent a message to you guys on Discord. I was like, we need to write timelines, each separately, don't yeah. tell each other, of what we think happened post-Return of the Jedi up to The Force Awakens. Yeah. And the three of us are going to have very different ideas. Mm. I'm very excited to kick it off. Who wants to start? Cole. I want, <laughs> yeah. I want Cole Cole, you've been quiet yeah, yeah. so far. Let's cool, go. Cool, cool. Let's, let's well, have you run wild. I have like... Uh... Bigger, sort of more broader ideas. Nothing too specific. Go for now, it. the first thing is we've mentioned Operation Cinder. Mm-hmm. In my vision, I I don't think that would happen. Okay. Like I I feel like Palpatine's the type of guy who would leave a big grand plan despite him, right? And if he's making clones, why would he, you know, blow up the Empire when he could take over the remnants and all that? Yep. Yeah. So I think um, after the Battle of Endor, it doesn't make sense necessarily that the Empire immediately succeeds or secedes. Uh, collapses and all that. I think there's a long period of fighting against Imperial remnants like there was in the uh, the Legacy okay. um, media and all that. So I think that goes on for quite a while. In um, terms of years, like 10 years? Or... I feel like it would be within like five years. Okay, like, five years. So prolonged fighting, but it, it's quite clear that it's like a one-sided battle with the New Republic pretty much winning. Yep. Um, I think one of the big things that would happen as well is then you would get a long period of trying to rebuild... Just the galaxy, right? Mm-hmm. Because the Galactic Civil War was a huge thing. So many resources went into it. How do you also repair all these planets that were absolutely brutalized by the Empire as well? Now, I think um, I think the idea of... Uh, there's like a 30-year gap between... In canon, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's fine. I, I like that. Um, I also like that that allows for us to see much older versions of our original trilogy characters. Mm-hmm. But I do think within that period... The main thing that happens is, obviously, you get the problems that happened in the original Republic starting to resurface again. Obviously, corruption. Uh, One of the big issues with the New Republic is that they decide to be demilitarized. If you're demilitarized, how do you deal with things like like the huts? 
cartels, crime, all of that, right? And what happens when you start getting new, um, new movements who say, hey, you know, we don't like the New Republic. We want to go back to the Empire and all that. So through all this dissatisfaction with the New Republic, as problems start to arise again, it's run by people who probably didn't have enough political experience within a system where they had control, right? So people like Leia and all that, how do they operate in a new Senate where they've never had as much power or freedom anymore? I imagine they would make so many like poor decisions, so many rushed decisions, although with good intent. And from that, you would have the Empire pretty much rise again, or the First Order, okay. I feel. So fairly, a fairly broad like picture of where it would go, which okay. isn't too dissimilar from... And at the beginning of Force Awakens, what would that landscape kind of look like for you? So I think um, it, the way I... Inv- oh, sorry, I hit the uh, mic. It's tradition for that mic, yeah, actually. Yeah. Really? Yeah, that's where yeah. Sandra sits. Oh. <laughs> I'm carrying it on. Yeah, continue. Now, I think um, where the sequels start with The Force Awakens, I think that's a good spot. Obviously, I don't think that the First Order would be as big as it is. Yeah. It's huge, yeah. and they never really explain that. I would like to kind of go from there, but um, show more of the rise of the First Order and how it actually gets to a much bigger spot. So seeing that kind of rising political sentiment and people in the Senate giving power and um, like weapons and that kind of thing yeah, to the much. First Order, saying like, we believe in your cause, we need a military. Yeah, yeah. More people turning against the New Republic as well. Okay. I think so. Mello? Hi. How are we doing? You zoning out there? What happened? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm just <laughs> like in deep thought. Alrighty. And stuff. You want to jump in next? Yeah. Me? Yeah, I suppose. Okay. Um... Yeah, I don't know. When I started to write my notes, I started to write my timeline, I realized just how big of a thing this is. And I think, I, I feel torn. I feel like I've written myself into a hole. Okay. So I've, I'm the one who's raised bloodline. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, I think it's cool. I think there's a lot of cool stuff in there. But I'm thinking about it. And ultimately, like the thing that I keep coming back to is I don't want this trilogy to be defined by regression. I don't want, you know... The galaxy to just simply repeat the same mistakes. Ah. Mm. I distinctly don't want the first order to be like the empire. A massive and monolithic. Yeah, like, I don't want it to be force. exactly the same. I think it needs to be distinct and unique. And I think most importantly, the conflict needs to be distinct and unique. So I think I raised off camera last episode that I think in our version of Force Awakens, the announcement of the offset of war has to come at the end of that film. Okay. So I think mm. that where we are in Force Awakens, political tension should be absolutely rife. It's the absolute boiling point and just something some franz ferdinand assassination-esque thing would tip those scales so i've got to work backwards now i like a lot of the stuff that happens in canon i'm torn on whether or not to think of palpatine as this mass strategist because we go back to my palpatine episode and i call him and i say he's an idiot because he was so cocky he was so confident we we do have a lot of discourse about palpatine and who he is Mm. and what we think of his character and stuff means a lot and i don't know it's so i'm struggling to think of you know okay is 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 would he really have that much of a plan I like the idea. I really like the idea of the Empire just being absolutely just descending into chaos. And I'm tr- the thing is, I'm tr- struggling to find real-world examples because you can't draw this akin to anything. The Empire mm. ruled the entire galaxy. You can't draw this akin to the fall of Nazi Germany or the fall of the, the Japanese Empire. The only thing that we could really do is, is to look at the height of the British Empire if it just fell mm. overnight, okay? But it didn't. That took years as well, you know? So struggling there a bit. But I keep coming back to the crime underworld. Okay. We've spoken a little bit about the crime underworld in recent mm-hmm. times, and I think that with the Empire gone, that would be the real issue for the new Republic to tackle. So yeah. let's just assume yeah. for a second in my version that, you know, okay, the Empire is destroyed. We can bring a lot of post-World War II stuff into it where, you know, there's kind of like a Nuremberg trials for high-ranking Imperials, yeah. and, you know, plenty of people turn coat. They see that the new Republic is rising, you know, now that the Death Star and the Emperor is gone, mm. like that confidence is gone. Planets start to turn in the canon as well, and shit goes uh, sideways. But, you know, the criminal underworld, once, you've, once the new Republic has dealt with the Empire, outlawed them, put really, really high bounties on anyone who they've lost and trying to hunt them down, you know, whether they got to go out to Argentina. Yeah. Space Argentina. Space Argentina and track them down. Track them down, you know. Um, I reckon there'd be so many bounty hunters on that. Um, that's actually a very cool point. Yeah. I, Wouldn't that be a good Let's book? put a pin in that Let's one. Write, that's yeah, that's yeah, radical. Yeah. <laughs> like, continue on. <laughs> and I don't want to use the cop out of the unknown regions either, you know. We, we've spoken how the crime worlds operate in the mm. of the Empire. Mm. And as far as I found from all of my research, it's literally just that the Empire allows criminal empires to exist so long as they're not a hindrance or they don't interfere with the Empire or Palpatine mm. himself. So Jabba does work with the Empire. There's, he, he, he tries to keep the Empire pretty happy. You yeah. know? And then there's the whole Han Solo debate and they're trying to you know, work together yeah. to get him. That's the mutual sort of benefit there. 
We look at Crimson Dawn, however, in the, in the comics and the canon, which is taken over by Kira from Solo. Mm. She becomes like Maul's right hand man, and then when Maul dies, uh, she takes up that mantle of head of that. But she's also allied with the rebels because she's allied right. with the rebels. Okay. Well, she's allied with Leia and Han, and then. Mm. Crimson Dawn becomes a hindrance. Palpatine puts out a hit on her. Is this EU or is this? This is canon. This, this is, is canon. Okay, continue. So on. Yeah, Palpatine tries to take down Crimson Dawn. In my version, I'm I'm pitching that once the Empire is gone, there's no one to keep them in check. Sure, the New Republic is this new power, but the new New Republic's focusing on the Empire. So I think that the criminal underworld is able to rise, and I like the idea that perhaps organize crime yeah. likes to be selfish and have its own little factions. But what if they were able unite secretly so that over time you know we're getting to this point where perhaps the key conflict in force awakens 25 30 years later is how do you deal with this Mm. really growing strong criminal underworld which is you know gone and and hijacked and taken and stolen a bunch of old imperial and old new republic ships and you know we've had that thing we're being like oh they've never had a capital ship what if the crime world you know, some crime boss had a capital yeah. ship. Yeah, like, what does their maximum power look like? How yeah. big can they get? So I'm thinking about crime. I'm trying to draw it to real-world stuff. And we're talking about proxy wars again. So I had another thought, especially for our trilogy. What if the key conflict was some sort of proxy war? We've got perhaps the crime world versus our new republic, who is kind of still divided, not sure how to handle the situation, fighting within a system of planets. And I had this visual of, like, you jump to hyperspace and you come into this system, and as soon as you're there, it's just... Just a star field. Like the sky mm. above Coruscant? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. It's like that. They're just, yeah, littered by debris and absolute carnage. And you, you get out of hyperspace and you're shredded by blast of fire and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, it's yeah. like a war zone of a star system. Mm. Absolutely. Savage. That's interesting. And it would be something cool. that I think we would, if, if I were to bring up that up at all, it would have to be explored in episode eight, nine more. It kind of reminds me of the system, uh, the way they structured the prequels where, you know, you have Ben Menace, you have Attack of the Clones, and then between Attack of the Clones and yeah. uh, Revenge of the Sith, there is this massive war period. There yeah. could al- almost be something similar in structure to, to what we do with eight yeah. and nine. So yeah, I know yeah. I'm talking very broad purposes because this is just such a difficult thing, but it is. Here's some thoughts that I'm, there's some thoughts that I had. Yeah, no, great. Uh, yeah, yeah, any yeah, other notes that. you want to... Uh, um, oh, yeah, another quick that? thing. Sorry, from last week. So I didn't get to talk about, um, with my Finn episode, I had so many notes of the First Order. Um, I just wanted to say really quickly, I had an idea that the First Order was actually created as an as a, as a organization that was good initially. Okay. That mm, wanted so. to take in all of the orphans from the Civil War. Ah, so okay. so many people dying from the Imperial side, from the Rebel side, and just like... And then some dodgy, you know, like mm. maybe one Imperial loyalist who's like able to get away with it escapes to space argentina is able to be like thanks for your child army yeah. i'm gonna raise a cult now mm. and that cult is perhaps trying to service uh, a purpose a real world purpose of actually fighting the crime they're yeah, actually yeah. doing something about it as the issue because this person just really hates crime and it would be like you know super xenophobic within the star wars universe uh and the crime underworld in star wars is often linked to different races that aren't human if this person's actually trying to fight crime with this with this army that they've raised that could gain sympathy yeah, if yeah. the new republic can't do anything about it Here's this supreme army, which is like yeah, the Unsullied yeah, yeah. from Game of Thrones. Yeah, it would be um, it'd be really interesting if you paint the First Order as almost like the Empire if they actually tackled crime. Like yeah, a right. Much more intense. H- heroes of the, the people. Yeah, they yeah. definitely have selfish intentions. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I'm that's kind of led me in a different direction where maybe the First Order was started in a in a you know a good sense of like what do we do with all of these orphans yeah. who were like left orphans by this massive war you collect them all together and you try and you know create something good out of it and then it gets taken over hydra style like the mcu hydra, I like where they style. infiltrate from the inside and then yeah. it slowly over time becomes this yeah, imperial yeah. sentiment this loyalist sentiment for us you'll always win me over with hydra style <laughs> hydra <laughs> is cool the stuff in the modern the modern marvel comics with hydra and winter soldier and all oh of i don't know any of that oh i like the movies Right, okay. Well, that's where it comes from. I'm talking about yeah, those yeah. ones. Okay, um, okay. Uh, yeah, so my turn. We've gone through yeah, you guys. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're going to start Return of the Jedi. The right. war finishes and Project Cinder does happen. Okay. okay. Yeah. But the, the thing that they're going for is not wiping out planets and systems and all that. It's wiping out information. Yeah. Mm, they want to like kill that. all of history. Yeah. They want to wipe yeah. it all out, yeah. um, which I thought was just like a really interesting way of, uh, yeah. almost like the Blade Runner 2049 thing where they're like, yeah, the Great Blackout wiped all our records. You know how easy it is to spread misinformation when there's yeah, no yeah. history? Mm, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. That's terrifying to think about. Yeah, so that's, sorry. I just no, wanted to add that like, there's a reason like the Allied forces after World War II really documented everything. Like, yeah. think about how much Holocaust... Yeah, yeah, well, think about how much Holocaust misinformation is out there, right? Yeah. There is a reason that they recorded everything, took photographs, all of that. There is also a man in history who who is kind of partially responsible for everything not being destroyed, mm. uh, which I actually made a note of when we're talking about Hitler tried to 
he requested a scorched earth policy in his last yeah, days right. when he knew that he was losing. Germany was done. Mm. Uh, Albert Speer is the person he put in command of that, and he said no. So what they do is they do Operation Cinder. There is massive fires and destruction everywhere. They're blowing everything up. A lot of what they're doing when they are starting these fights and skirmishes is they're like it's like suicide bombing almost. Yeah. But it is almost a distraction. Yeah. Right. Cool. Yeah. To get the information. Like places like Scarif, where there is this massive tower of Imperial records, that shit explodes like I mean, so quickly. They destroyed that. In- oh, they destroyed but, that in. But the, I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah places yeah. like yeah, that, cool. uh, yeah, they just wiped out. And there's, you know, the Imperial faction. They had all the information. Yeah. So that's all gone now. Yeah. So when they're trying to rebuild the New Republic, all they have is, you know, Rebel files. Yeah. And anything that they managed to collect together, but they didn't have the uh, resources to keep enough information and to store all of that history. So any knowledge of the prequel era, of most of the original trilogy era, all of that gets wiped out. The truth about Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, the Sith, all of that becomes dubious. Mm. No one actually has any real proof that the Jedi ever existed because there's only been 30 years of propaganda or 20 years yeah. of propaganda yeah. and then all of history gets wiped out yeah. and you can't access it anymore. Right, yeah. So that's kind of like the basis of where I was starting. And then you get to the New Republic. They're trying to build it. They want to, what was the wording? Alliance to rebuild the, the Republic. The Republic. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's what Leia yeah. does. So Leia is heading that up with Moth- Mon Mothma. Once the Empire has like, been defeated fully, Scorched Earth, Operation Syndic is stopped, and they sign the treaty. Pretty much very similar. You get to Leia building the New Republic, and my thought for her mentality is that she would be very keen to make it work. She's like, yep. if we just try this hard enough and we do it well, we can create something like they had mm. in the days of old that I heard about growing up, where they had the High Republic. They had a thousand years of peace. Mm. That's what we want to make. And it doesn't work. Yeah. I think that's the key to like yeah. that's the key yeah, to my yeah. mentality for this yeah. is like that you can't have the Galactic Republic. It doesn't work as a system. No. We saw it in the prequels, so we can't make something new like that. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where my head was at. So Mon Mothma and Leia and Lando as well, they're just like, we need to try so hard to make this work. And honestly, it's an uphill battle. It can't work. She is not a populist. So I know that I double checked in Bloodline, she is a populist. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. in my version of this, she's not. She is a centrist. She's like, okay. we've got to stick to the Republic. That's the whole point of the rebellion. We wanted yeah. to be yeah, yeah. That's what they were fighting for. So yeah. her character arc in the first movie, I'm imagining is that she's like, okay, I'm realizing now the Republic doesn't work. It's doomed to fail all the yeah. time. We need a new system. Then we have our populists. So the populists are actually uh, similar to the separatists in the prequels. They want yeah. to have everyone like separate and manage themselves. There is honestly a but kernel. But not for bad intentions. Not for bad like, intentions. Yeah. There's a kernel of good there. They yeah, want peace absolutely. and justice in mm. the galaxy, but they don't believe in the Republic because they've seen the Empire. Yep. They've seen the Republic. They've heard that the Republic failed, according to some sources. We need to do something different, and that's their solution. They want everyone to be separate, and that's a very uh, it's a very appealing idea to a lot of uh, politicians. They're like, oh, we can manage our own government. Brilliant. Mm. That sounds very <laughs> lucrative to me. You know, yeah. So it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's appealing to a lot of people. Then in come the loyalists, and that's the beginnings of the First Order. There yeah. will always be people who are like, we love the Empire. Yeah, yeah. We want to see ourselves go back to that. Well, well, yeah, especially when you look at it as being like, you know, people who profited yeah. in that time, people who had power and influence, and also, you know, those people who are just about like order, yeah, rigid yeah. structure and laws. What I, what I am obviously taking is like neo-Nazis yeah. and espousing Nazi beliefs yeah, and yeah. getting it like completely wrong <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah because oh my god they are like so poorly educated and uninformed that's exactly what this would look like too with no information and no history yeah so they're just looking at the empire and all of this like huge symbolism and all of these ideas of might and strength and security and they're like we want that because the world we live in now is scary yeah <laughs> so yeah it's, yeah it's, it's born out of fear and they spend you know all of these loyalists like well we we like the empire but the current political leanings the people that we agree with and their beliefs they're the populists so we're going to take our Nazi, sorry, empire ideas, and we're going to shift them mm. to align with the populists. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they begin to start like indoctrinating these populists who, like, mm. there is a you know a core of good idea to the populist um, ideology, but they start to shift it over time. Yeah, and yeah. drag it towards yeah. these uh, imperialism ideas. So we make it more of an ideological empire. Yes. So they like just... they in my mind they're shifting it so that they can get power and money yeah. from these populists yeah, who yeah. they align with politically. Yeah. They don't want to have a republic that can turn into an empire, but they want to have money and power from the people who agree with them, that we need security in the galaxy and that the republic doesn't Mm. work. It's those two things, I think. We need security in the galaxy and the the republic doesn't work. They can say that like, oh, cool, that's our key to get the empire back. That's kind of the the alley that they want to use. And then over time, Hux, who is a populist, who is searching for good and security in Mm. the galaxy, he will get dragged down to become one of the loyalists. Worth noting again, for anyone who wasn't sure, we have Hux as being not... 
this bad guy. Yes, we don't want him he's to be just a simple evil bad, bad guy. guy. We think mm. he's a really interesting political character and we want yeah. to explore that. Yeah. And so when we do recast uh, Donald Gleeson, because we can afford him, Yeah. Uh, yeah, he yeah. gets to play a real character. No, I want uh, I want uh, Colin Farrell, actually. You want Colin Farrell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Okay, <laughs> okay, we can bring him in somewhere else. So I've yeah. got a, so that's kind of like my broad um, strokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To Force Awakens. Yeah. You want to jump oh, in? Can I ask a quick question? You had your you you're employing the Scorched Earth too, which I like actually. Yes, if, yeah, if it, I really. Like if it actually idea. still goes like I like Scorched Earth so long as it's real Scorched Earth, mm. you know, not some people can escape. Yeah, or you know, yeah. not some some whole squadrons can escape. Um, you know, maybe some people, but like burn everything. Yeah. Um, I I like the idea of burn everything. I think sp- with the specific intent of creating a lack of information yeah. and historical truth. Yeah, because then the then the new republic would be fighting to not burn everything. We need your resources, we need people, we need your leadership to be able to command your people in this arrest period. Yes. Um but yeah, yeah. but Coruscant. Okay. What do you envision happening to Coruscant? That's an interesting question that I didn't think about. Okay. Right. <laughs> so I, I wrote down a list of factions. Okay. I wrote centrists, populists, loyalists, uh, and then uh the crime law. Yeah. I have a really interesting thought uh, I thought I'd bring up. Now, Coruscant, right? Yeah. It was the heart of the Empire. They probably never had to deal with any of the really bad issues in the Empire, right? So the majority of the base there would probably be Empire loyalists just by virtue of the fact, hey, we had life great there. Yeah. Um, what was wrong with it? Also, they would have changed Coruscant around. Not to say that Coruscant wouldn't have had their, you know, underworld, underworld crime down in the lower levels, but it would have been much better than it used to be yes yeah yeah public. exactly right? it's like there wouldn't have been that same level yeah of yeah it's 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 a police state it would have been planet. like yeah. very much like if there's crime there it is controlled by the empire yeah, and yeah, they, yeah they yeah. use it as a tool exactly you know? and yeah. uh, when the empire came in so many new resources got funneled into the core world so i think one of the interesting things we have in this new um era right is the fact that we have a new like liberal republic right situated in the heart of where the empire's strongest loyalists were what sort of a climate does that create, right? I think it would be interesting if we are mm. if we sticking with the centrist populist idea of you know it's it's the individual planet likes what they like they either like the unity or they don't like the unity. Yeah. It's always been you're right this this divide of inner world like the core worlds versus the outer rim. If that just no longer mattered and it was just absolute chaos of you know this space is there they're populist they're centrist they're just everywhere fucking next door neighbors mm. don't <laughs> agree on anything. I like the idea of it being this massive time of uncertainty. Which we haven't actually really seen in Star Wars. We've seen, you know, oh, it's war and there's people fighting, and then yeah. you know, and there's one big empire, and we know exactly who's in charge. Whereas the world we live in is is nothing like that at no, all. It's, no. it's well, I think the 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 idea of the core worlds and then the outer rim and the mid rim and everything that's a great shorthand of yeah. of reflecting like the distance between political power and yeah, money, yeah. and yeah. then lack of money and, yeah. and crime. Yeah, like those. That's a pretty clear and easy way of doing it. And mm. I've, I've always kind of liked that. Yeah. Um. So I think we can. The idea of changing that up and making it so that spaces within the mid-rim reflect more of the outer worlds or uh, the core worlds, that's interesting too. I think it'll take a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do have more points if that's Keep okay. Keep going. No, I'll go jump back into it. it. Yeah. So, uh, Hux, so the populace are people like Hux and people who don't want Empire back but don't believe in the Republic. They also believe that if everyone fends for themselves, there won't be any crime factions. So that's their populist ideal. So it's like, no, if they don't have the access that they do right now in the, out- in the outer rim where it's like all these worlds connected by crime factions... If populists, if the populism exists, mm. the crime will decrease. That's yeah. their theory, it's like, you know, which you, is wrong. <laughs> your planet's got crime. Deal with your own fucking crime. Exactly. We don't have crime. Yeah. It's like because it's it's insular. It's one planet's yeah. you know government. They'll be able to sort it out because the other planets won't access. It's like that's yeah. that's yeah. backwards. And it's such a lazy thought because yeah. it's like if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. Oh it's yeah, so it's ignorance is would be a good yeah. thing to tackle there. Leia can see that cent- like centrism is not working, but is holding on to the belief that if they just try hard enough, they can make it work because mm-hmm. they spent so many years fighting for it and believing that that was the way that it should be and yeah. that the Empire was wrong. Uh, struggling to hold the galaxy together between growing crime factions and the populace. So crime factions, they have had, I think in a, in a simple way to look at it, they've had 20 years to build. Yeah. So they are now huge, very powerful, and very hard to oust mm. from the Outer Rim. And yep. they, you know, the, the Core World's looking at the Outer Rim, it's like slavery is rampant. Drugs are rampant. Yeah. And they have complete control over that. Something needs to be done because it's it's injustice. The people yep. who fought the, re- the rebellion are good people. They want to fight against injustice in yep. the galaxy. So, of course, they want to try and outlaw these crime factions, get rid of them. That's why that conflict exists. So I don't think, I, I think remembering that is important. That's why they want yeah. To get rid of the crime factions by the crime factions are antithetical to the rebellion yeah. and therefore the new republic the loyalists ex-imperials and imperial descendants want to see the empire return but uh they deny it 
outwardly, obviously, right. uh, and hate being called loyalists. I think that's that's something that I like because, you know, I hate neo-Nazis. <laughs> I, I see them hate being called that a lot of the time. Potential idea, the group is funded by Palpatine to sow discord through the Outer Rim and fuel the crime factions there. Uh, sowing discord. And this, when you said proxy wars, I was like, oh, this actually connects mm. to this very well because mm. the idea of Palpatine using uh, the First Order or whatever that they're called yeah. to grow this discord and to give the crime factions money and weapons to sow discord in the galaxy and create these wars, I think would be a really interesting yeah, thing. Yeah. Uh, at the start of The Force Awakens, they're not kidnapping children, but burning towns as a weapons test to sell flamethrowers or other weapons to crime lords. That was my inciting incident, potentially. Okay. It's, it's just a new idea. Um, there was something else there as well. Oh, yeah. People don't believe in The Force. Because yeah, of course, oh, they, of course don't. they don't. No, no, no. Um, no it's it's yeah. mumbo-jumbo, as it is. Han Solo puts it. It's... Um, Weird line. It's uh, <laughs> it's straight up magic. If you got told that magic existed yeah, yeah, yeah. and there was no proof and no history to, yeah. to back it up, you yeah. wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe that Palpatine or Darth Vader had these spooky magical powers. Yeah, it's propaganda. The only people who would believe that are the Imperial uh, officers who had it happen to them and saw their mates get choked to death. You know? Yeah, yeah. But even then, I imagine during the height of the Empire, they would have been dubious as like, oh, Darth Vader doesn't have magic powers. That's no, ridiculous. No. He's just a scary dude with a laser sword. Yeah. But then, you know, you see it yourself. You see him choke someone to death and it's like, oh my God, I don't want to think about what I just saw because that's yeah. terrifying. I don't yeah. want to talk to anyone about it. That's the sentiment. So if you have that sentiment and then if you have a lack of information, no one believes that shit is real. Yeah. No. So I think that's a, yeah. a really interesting place to approach yeah. the politics from in Force Awakens. We have also spoken about there'd be like, Perhaps, you know, people like Law Santeca, though, who are still like... Oh, yes. I would have that secret knowledge who are like, you know, they think of it as a religion. And yes. They, you know, they try to support mm. it whilst not being able to channel we've, the force We've themselves. spoken before about common knowledge. And I think yeah. with this basis of lack of information in history, yeah. the common knowledge of people is that there was a big war and the empire is super evil. Yeah. And now we're trying to build the new republic and it's not working. And people are scared and yeah. tense because yeah. they just want the government to take care of them. Yeah. Much like in our world and society today, yeah, yeah, we people, want the government to take care of us. People choose safety and... Exactly. Easiness. And security. That's why security is exactly. a big issue for Hux. Okay, counter proposal for you. Go for I'm it. all about, like, you know. I think that's pretty much all yeah, of my notes. No, I like, Sorry if that's I, No, I like a lot of it. I'm all about trying to evolve. This, yeah. You know, I want there to be an evolution. And we're talking about, you know, okay, so the obviously the New Republic's trying to not make the same mistakes yeah. in the past. They're trying to learn from that. If we have some imperial, you know, loyalists, could it be the same thing? They don't want things to be exactly the same way it was because I think maybe maybe they acknowledge that, you know, okay, even that could fail again. Well, what are, what are their plans? Policy. I have, I'm not too sure myself. I, one thing we haven't spoken about yet is the xenophobia within the Empire. Yeah, mm. I don't even know where that comes from, okay. honestly. So, like, <laughs> I, I don't know was, why that's a thing, I, other than the fact that, you know, it's based off of, like, Nazi ideas. Yeah, in, in Legends, the Empire was very canonically, like, xenophobic yeah. and misogynistic as well. Okay. Um, one thing that Disney removed is the misogyny, but they have still got the xenophobia in there in a massive part because, you know, they've ins enslaved people like... Uh, the Wookiees and stuff like that. Side yeah. note, Han and Chewie uh, liberated Kashyyyk. All right, cool. Uh, after the Battle of Earth. Good, yeah, just so good backstory. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, okay, but it's not absolutely official. I don't think in new canon that they're fully xenophobic. High up people are. Like Palpatine definitely is. Yes. And they'll go and enslave whole races that they do. Just like, they're strong. They're inferior. Enslave them. Mm. We need them for labor. You know? Is that is that it? Because it's like, oh, the, the Wookiees are innately very strong. Let's, you know, demonize them, dehumanize them, and turn them into slaves. Yeah. Labeled as, yeah. yeah. No, no, they're, they're not sentient beings. Right. We can enslave them. Mm. So is it to create a workforce and yeah. to, yeah. you know, use propaganda to manipulate your work, uh, to manipulate your workers yeah. to thinking that, for example, the Wookiees yeah. are not, you know, human so that you can make them slaves and no yeah. one bats yeah, 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 yeah. Soldiers and pilots and just people in general employed under the Empire, they're human, you know? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. for sure they yeah, are. Yeah. I'm just curious as to, like, what reason that they give in Legends and that kind of thing. Because the, the practical answer of, like, we need workers, so let's, you know, demonize them. Yeah. And then we can turn them into slaves and not pay them. That's, you know, historically, that's been done before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it makes sense. Uh, I'm just curious if that's actually something that's explicitly stated in Legends. Post-Return of the Jedi, we're looking, at a, we're looking at a galaxy that is, like, after the fall of the, uh, the Death Star and the Emperor in Return of the Jedi, that a lot of planets of the non-human species would have then rallied behind the the mm. new republic as well like they already did so the rebellion is full of non-human uh, yes. factions as well i mean it makes sense <laughs> yeah absolutely so what sort of galaxy are we living in post that how many aliens have been killed yeah like how many like species yeah. have been like, wiped out and that kind of thing yeah because they do commit genocide the empire right yeah yes. multiple times so yeah i think that's interesting as well yeah. i don't know that'll play some, yeah, play yeah. some role yeah somewhere yeah and yeah. i wonder um I wonder if a lot of those planets who were like subjugated by the Empire, if they would be skeptical of the New Republic as well. Like, would, if you were just freed from 
the tyranny of this big empire, would you want to go into a new one, yeah. right? Like, you want yeah. to be taken care yeah. of, but do you want to be taken care of just to self-govern? Yeah, yeah. Would they be populists? I think they'd want to, you know, much like what we see today, they yeah. want to see themselves represented in the Senate. They yeah. want to make sure yeah, yeah, yeah. their people and their, their race are represented in the Senate. But they so don't want to be can... dictated by someone else's laws either. Exactly, yeah. They would I mean, so would it makes sense they would also right? be populists yeah. as well. So they can be insular. And, you know, yeah. Maybe, okay, so maybe that's one of my proposals for this, these, these imperial loyalists, is that perhaps, like, they need strength in numbers. So as to not repeat the mistakes of the past of angering anyone who's not human, maybe they're just not xenophobic. I mean, maybe they look, hey, <laughs> hey, look, we've got alien friends now. Um, we're not, we're not, <laughs> we're not yeah, bad yeah. people. Yeah, we're not, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that sounds familiar. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Uh, okay. Well, I think it's, uh, it's right about time that we hear from our good friend in Canada, Sandra. Oh, Carian. yes, please. Yeah. Uh, so we have an eight minute video that we're going to play out. Maybe this won't work in the edit. Maybe it will. Well, you might yeah. just have to take the actual file and put it in rather than playing. That's no, that, that, that is the oh, plan. Okay. Yeah, right. Uh, cool, cool. How good is his audio quality? On it's, it's pretty good. Okay. Uh, I should have tested this earlier, honestly. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see how this goes. But I'm going to play it so you guys can see it. And I'll try and point it so that the camera, oh my God. the microphone picks up the audio that we're playing out. It's very good. Look at this thing. <laughs> oh, if it's sent through Google Drive, can oh, you go full screen? I don't think I can full screen it. Sorry, boys. <laughs> Just got to watch right. it in this tiny little screen. This is a distant echo from Sandro. I'm in Canada still at the moment, and today I'm calling in about politics. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to get out of the cold for this one. <laughs> He's edited this. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to try breeze through some of these so I don't, like, hijack the podcast. So starting off... The Jedi's role and like what their reputation is in the galaxy. I noticed last week the subject came up. My general idea of how it would work and my, I guess my, my fixed pitch would be that the Outer Rim think of the Jedi more okay. as legends. They know that the Jedi like used to exist. They haven't had much contact with the Jedi. They know that they're wizards that can pick up things with their minds. They have laser swords and they can Make control people with yes. their right. minds. And... That's all they know, and it's like sort of like give or take. What's what's your opinion on that? Do you like that? Do you do you not I like, like that? that? That's sort of the outer <laughs> rim's take, and maybe like Ray grows up and sort of thinks that's cool, or maybe she grows up and she thinks that's not so cool. But I'm that's how I think like the sort of no word idea. of what yeah. the Jedi are would maybe be in the outer rim. Within the more central worlds, I imagine them being a bit more torn. I think that they've had some experience with the Jedi and it's more of a situation where people either give into the past imperial propaganda or they don't. So do they believe that everything that they heard about the Jedi from the Empire is true and are they taking that verbatim or are they, you know, going with a more like Republic idea of what the Jedi were? And that's how I imagine it sort of operating within sort of the more central planets. And then the political involvement of the Jedi. So this is where I wanted to get to, because this is sort of where my pitch comes in. I had this idea where to avoid the past mistakes of the Jedi Council, Luke is keeping the Jedi as far separated from politics whatsoever. Maybe Leia wants him to come in, but he's refusing to. We can turn this into yeah, having this messaging about misgivings of the Jedi just the past being linked yeah. to the Republic. Are happening. And I think we can use this messaging for both they, 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 and Rey. And I think the Jedi being not involved with politics is known around the Senate. Like, the Jedi are not taking any sides. This is a different Jedi order. And I think Luke would be public about that. There'd be plenty of people who don't like that they don't answer to them, you know? These super powerful yeah, wizards, yeah, you yeah. know? Yeah. So yeah, that's sort of my pitch for how Jedi are sort of seen throughout the galaxy. One topic that I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on in the episode is how the First Order's centrist ideals are receiving such a good reception considering the galaxies in a state where they're trying to avoid imperial ideals. In the sense of like... The New Republic is trying to avoid the mistakes of the past, trying to avoid legislation that seems imperial. So what is currently happening within the galaxy that make the centrist ideals that the First Order are promoting so enticing? Is it like their marketing? Is it the corrupt state of the New Republic? Like, What are the problems going on in the galaxy that are making the First Order seem like the better option? Melo's been rather forward about this in the past, that when regarding the political state of the galaxy, we've been taking some inspiration from Bloodline. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's our favorite book. <laughs> and a lot of the canon stuff regarding Leia between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy. 
And one thing in the old treatment that didn't quite work with me was the fact that Leia being Vader's daughter completely drives out the political sway of the populace. And I thought that was kind of ridiculous. And I, I went back and I looked at the canon and it's not exactly how it works. It's just a first draft, man. Jeez. The centrists and the populace are two major but unofficial ideals within the New Republic at the time. And although Leia loses her political position due to the Vader revelation, the populist party moves on regardless. Leia was in the running to be a representative of the populist party and essentially just after the whole Vader is her dad thing, got lost all her political sway. But no matter what, the Populist Party was still in the Senate and it was still going strong. And I guess where I'm going with this is, is if we're going with that, and there is such an even tide between the centrist ideals that in our version, the First Order is pushing and the populist ideals, it sort of makes no sense for the resistance to sort of spawn out of nothing and be a small guerrilla army like in the original trilogy. If we look at the Clone Wars and we see Separatist Republic and we see this as like a 50-50 fight and we see the fight in the original trilogy with the Empire and the Rebels as more of a 80-20 fight, then I think that in this new sequel trilogy, I don't really want to go back to the guerrilla fighting. I think it'd be more interesting to see people that have sided with Leia in the past, as well as other populist supporters siding with Leia, leaving the New Republic and aiding her force for a new political system in the galaxy. Which leads me to think that in the second films, we'd see a 60-40 split with the New Republic having a tiny bit more power over Leia's resistance. And then by the end, we can have some like cool evenly matched fights between the resistance and the New Republic. That's my general fixed pitch. It feels weird to go back to guerrilla fighting, especially when the political system seems to be so even between populist and centrist ideals. My final point's a bit of a ramble, so I'll try edit around it as much as I can for you guys. But essentially, it's sort of like I've always seen Lucas implementing politics into Star Wars. He always shows corruption, like with the Republic and with the Empire. And it seems like this time we're showing the corruption of the Republic again. But my question now is, where does it end? I had this thought running in my mind and I thought it'd be boring to end on a utopia. I thought that after we're doing all this stuff at the start of the trilogy, showing what the Populist Party is and what Leia's trying to do, and then having the New Republic get completely corrupted by the First Order, that we'd end with the state of the galaxy that Leia was fighting for in the first movie. Essentially, my fixed pitches for the ending political state is that we can any higher authority, any chancellor position, anything like that, and we take the Senate and we shift it into a council of representatives for each planet, something a bit more akin to the UN. Which doesn't work. The reason I think that this is an interesting way to go is it's a state that we've never seen the galaxy really in before, and it's a political system that both have, in my opinion, its own strengths and weaknesses. I'm not saying, like, you know, we're not going to write more after the end of the trilogy, but there's potential for interesting stories post our story to go somewhere. And I know, like, that's not really the purpose. The purpose is to write a cohesive trilogy. But you still want to end with the galaxy in an interesting position, in my opinion. My final statement is that no matter what the ending political state of the galaxy is in, I don't think we should see much of it. We don't really see much of the Empire after the end of the prequels, other than Vader looking onto a Death Star. And we have no clue what the political system preceding the Empire is at the end of the original trilogy, because the main focus is on our character's journey, and that's really what the story is about. Obviously, my feedback right now is looking in the much wider scope, instead of like focusing on the first movie. But so yeah, that's everything I could fit into hopefully a shorter amount of time i can't wait to hear the playback of the episode and yeah until next time see you later he doesn't good... say he may have the force be with you i thought he would and he uh, didn't so that was our eight yeah. minute video from okay. sandro from that's canada good. that's yeah. his political takes oh, so nice. first that's point good. he doesn't want there to be guerrilla fighting he wants it to be more equal i yeah. think we can yeah absolutely agree. yeah yeah, yeah. Like um this. it'll make for a more interesting war and uh, and a, a war that's not fought between two really cheap means you know so yeah. like yeah clone me clones means of production were destroyed 
Yeah, I'll say yeah. I'll say that that's canon, and I want to keep that that the Empire destroyed that yeah. the ability to clone and droids. We just proved that just there. Well, that's how you lose a war. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're cheap. So we have just like human soldiers that are you know, yeah people stolen. versus people make it yeah, yeah make it more personal no i um i like that a lot um and then you could even like maybe have a scientist character who is trying to rediscover cloning almost like rediscovering the super soldier serum uh in the mcu mm. it's like we've got to figure out how to clone again and it's like someone working on it maybe they crack the code because yeah. well. they know that it happens like they know that people yeah. exist uh, that clones exist and stuff yeah. i think i just i want to i want to just reiterate something personally at least for this um in general is just i just think it's really important that we're not Having the conflict and the, some of the ideologies at least just not just be repeats. I, I think agree. Sandra brings up an interesting point. It's because uh, to me, it, it seemed like the question is almost being asked. What is the point of this conflict? What is the story? Yeah. George Lucas had something to write about. Yeah. To me, and we've, you know, grown this story from us just rambling about how much we had the sequels. Yeah. What did the sequels really have to say? Because now I think I have something that I'd like to say. Okay. We've got this war. That has existed and yeah, i think yeah, this yeah. is just talking about the war stuff we've talked about theme before but yeah. this in just the, the war and the in the grand strokes of it we had this huge war we've and in our world we've had the world wars and we've had the vietnam war and we have these um conflicts in the middle east and now we're going into the 2020s and we're seeing a lot of loyalists really from yeah. these older uh, political systems who are super loyal to the way that it used to be and wanting to continue things they like war they yep. like military funding yep and a lot of other people don't yeah. like this. People like yeah. us hate military funding. We yeah. want to see uh, a world full of peace and love, you know? Yeah. And I think uh, an interesting story for me is the idea of the fallout of massive empires and massive political systems and how that fallout affects and changes the next generation. And I think that's a story worth telling. And I think yeah, that yeah. Um, yeah. not, you know, exactly having a copy of guerrilla fighting and underdog fighting and having it be something that is more equal. Yeah can reflect that in an interesting way i know that history can repeat itself yes you know? of course like, yeah. yeah like from because of the treaty of versailles nazi germany was able to rise and so you had you know germany being this major superpower that we have villainized in world war one and then yep. you know they were doing really terrible shit world war two you got this point now where we look at you look at russia right so it's like okay so berlin wall and and the ussr fell uh for mm. what 30 years ago what are russia doing yeah, right now they're, they're trying, trying to, to reform it, yeah. the USSR under yeah, Putin, Russia's who was a KGB person, because he's just yeah, he's a he's a person yeah. who's been able to carry on from his old ideology. I don't know. I think there's the distinction, perhaps, is if if history is repeating itself, when history repeats itself, the rest of the world approaches it differently. I think I'm looking at it not in the sense of it repeating itself. I think uh, a lot of our overall theme that we talk about is the idea that like. And in the force as well, that evil is a constant and it is outside the natural balance. Yeah. No matter what you do, the corruption of evil will overtake everything. Yeah. And you can see that in war as well. They fought so hard to get the Republic back. Yeah. Right. And then they realized this system we were fighting so hard for doesn't actually work. And the thing that they were doing in the prequels didn't work. So now we have to try and figure out something new. Well, um, one of the big thing. Well, sorry if I um, Go for it, am man. going on a tangent, but one of the big things I'm liking about the story is the idea that polarization can destroy liberal democracy. Mm-hmm. And like one of the things yeah. we're seeing is how, you know, as these sides start to dehumanize each other more, they stop communicating, they start yeah. viewing each other as the enemy, you get this repeat. You, you get cycle war. <laughs> exactly. And I also like the idea that people um, trying to form a free government that supports people, supports human rights, it's hard. Yes. People will want to remain complacent in safety, security, all of that. And especially and when it's led by people who profit from that system. Exactly. Because, like, yeah. greed is a huge driver of everything yeah, we see yeah. in the world today. And even then, you know, like, so, there are so many, you know, moderates in this galaxy who would, you know, just prefer it were easy and go back to the old ways, right? Yes. So I like the idea that the message really is it's hard to fight for utopia even though obviously utopia isn't the right term it's but impossible it's, to achieve but you should always strive to find exactly for yeah and the message we're yeah, going for yeah and it's never the easy option I like <laughs> never it. is yeah i think that's that's a lot of what we've talked about so far and yes it is very lefty it is very wishy-washy and i'm sorry <laughs> for anyone who doesn't like that but that's but that's star wars yeah. that is star wars it's a hopeful message it is wishy-washy it mm, yeah. is incredibly hopeful and almost cringe when you think about it in these terms um and george lucas had these ideas i yeah. think we're we want to create something that feels like George Lucas wrote it. Yep. And if we're writing for what George Lucas might have written in the 2020s, maybe it would look something like this. Anyways, that was a, a long, <laughs> long political spiel from, I think, the three of us and from Sandro in Canada as well. <sighs> what an episode. Because I think uh, the reason I'm breathing like this yeah, is yeah. because I think that a lot of people might hate it. <laughs> mm. And hate no, I mean, that's takes, it. So. Like, as soon as you get into this stuff, they hate it. But um, it's, 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 if we can make it make sense within the world of Star Wars, I don't see how you can hate it. I think mm. what I want to come back I to think, and reiterate. Oh, Cole, you mm. go first. Oh, sorry to interrupt, but yeah, 
I think, well, I think one of the big things is when you're handling political messaging and story that it doesn't get preachy, right? Like That's um, exactly actually what I was going to say. Yeah, 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 exactly, right? Like, uh, I'm a big Doctor Who fan, right? Oh, yeah. And I know a lot of people complain that now it's like, oh, it's really political, when in reality it's the most milk toast political <laughs> time of Doctor Who ever. It's bland. There's no actual message behind it. Yeah. But people are kind of right that they feel it's too preachy, right? Yes. So, uh, like, one of the things Doctor Who used to do so well is, you know, it handled actual philosophical conversation, debate and all that. Yeah. And, and moral th- and ethical questions. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's, when it comes to political storytelling, I think that's one of the most important things you can do Especially when art really is about communicating ideas. Yep. Yes. Yep. And it's all like the way that we're telling this, because it is Star Wars, it's, it's all analogy. I don't think we're going to, we're not going to have dialogue where, you know, you're going <laughs> to, we just stand and look at the, those Nazis are real bad, aren't they? Yeah. Within, <laughs> we don't want to do that. that. Shit like that. We, yeah, we're talking about this because right? we want to have a good foundation for writing and yep. creating a living, breathing world. And they talk about it a lot in, uh, in yep. writing classes, creating that. So yeah. for us, this is a discussion that's important, but it, if you're worried that our writing is going to be something that is incredibly overtly preachy and political, I mean, we're going to try and not do that because we hate writing like that. Yeah. We don't want it to be overtly <laughs> preachy and political because we like writing where it is subtle and it's well done and the meaning and message is communicated. It is presented, not told. Yeah. Like that's the, mm. that's the stuff we like um, watching and listening to and reading. So yeah. that's what we're going to try and make and that's why we're making this episode to try our best to make it. Yeah. Hopefully that is a good enough excuse mm. for yeah. an hour and 10 minutes yeah. of political rambling. And just before, because I know we're almost done, I just want to make sure, I feel like we've ticked all the boxes, but you know, just we wanted to make sure we spoke about sperm today. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? In world building, sperm is an, is, is an acronym for social, political, economic, yes, religious, oh and, and military. I have never heard that in my life. Need to talk about sperm. That's <laughs> so funny. So thank you to yeah, my roommate, right. James, for reminding me to include that. Oh, roommate James oh always making a good... Good, uh, a good appearance on the show uh, with his great thoughts and insights into yeah. the world around us. Uh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I've never heard that. Yeah, that's so good. Anyway. I think a uh, very quick article three. I think we've decided oh, yeah. on some yep. really important yeah. stuff today with um, our politics and our yeah. world building. So yeah. we've, we like the pitch of using Operation Cinder. I think I convinced you, Cole. That yeah, I, I like cool ways to use it. I like it Scorched. when it's not so. Yeah. We still have more work to do with Palpatine, but I think yeah. we start with Operation Cinder. Get rid get, getting rid of all the information and information history of, scary, yep. of, of the, the galaxy, yep. the Star Wars galaxy, so that people don't believe in the Force, Luke Skywalker, the stories of the rebels. It all becomes dubious. So when you get to the question of the populist versus centrist, mm. I pitched that Leia should be leading the centrist because mm-hmm. that's what she fought the rebellion yeah. for, was to rebuild the, the Republic. They have the New Republic now, and it's not working. Yep. There is, it's, it's faulty. Mm. It always was, and yep. it always will be. I'm pitching that the core conflict that they are actually having to try and, you know, figure out a solution for that is causing so, so much infighting is crime world, crime yes. underworld, and how that is being able to freely exist and has has had free reign for almost 30 years. And I pitched that the loyalists funded by Palpatine and whatever influence mm. he may have on the story yep. are inciting that conflict yep. and giving them weapons and power yeah, so yeah, that yeah. they can build that conflict yep. in the I wanted, um I wanted to ask a question about the loyalists, right? Um, would they be a faction within the uh the populace because i yes. think yeah if it's a two-party system so. right? yeah because like i mean if you look at even like the american political system right you get these two big parties and then there's all these little factions within really having to push for their own beliefs right yes. and one of the interesting things about that you know is like we saw recently with the vote for the speaker of the house you can have these very minor holdouts in the party ex- asserting massive influence to push in like more extremist ideals and stuff like that. Yes. So I think it'd be really interesting to really explore that with the problems of the two-party system. Oh, I, I agree, and that's where I was going with the, with the loyalist yeah, yeah. stuff as well. So I think that is kind of the area that we're shifting into now with the loyalists trying to affect the populists in, mm. in that way that you just described yeah. um, so that they can cause this conflict between the centrists and the populists in the government, and Leia is right at the heart of that. Yeah. And your final notes, thoughts? Yeah, Oh, I'm loving all of this, and uh, I think... One of the great things about this is you're really honing in on the themes right now. And I think as that's becoming more clearer, you get a clear image of where this trilogy is going to head. Yes. And I like that the big thing is you're finding a new way to differentiate it from the sequel, or not the sequel, sorry, the uh, the prequels in the original trilogy, which in my opinion is the big flaw of the sequels. One of the many. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's something we've always talked about as well. It's like, how can we do political war stories without retreading the ground of six yeah, yeah. movies and a massive TV series, multiple TV yeah. series, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. And without retreading any of that ground. And we're going to retread some of it, but we want it to feel mm. original and unique. Yeah. Uh, and that's what we're trying to do. So hopefully... So that was, yeah, it was a 
pretty good first episode for something we're definitely going to have to come back to. Oh my god, yes. This is the <laughs> yeah. first of many political discussions, I think. Yeah. Um, but I, I like what we've talked about today. I like what we've oh, gotten yeah. to. Good. Um, and I hope you, our dear audience, has enjoyed it as well. So this has been uh, Fixing the Sequel Trilogy. This has been our political episode. Please let us know what you think uh, once this <laughs> show comes out and is you know available to listen to. Uh, we're super curious to hear the thoughts of the audience because this is definitely the direction we've always wanted to take the show in. So it's kind of the first time we've really dived into this part of our writing and our philosophy for this series and yeah. podcast so we're hoping that it's well received <laughs> because it's kind of core to who we are and yeah. what we want to make so yeah. anyways enough wishy-washy bullshit let's end the show <laughs> thank you so much for listening until next time and the force be with you